everybody, and welcome to the Boxing Junkie Podcast. I'm Bob Vellen, and joining me today is Mike Coppinger. Uh, today, our special guest is one of boxing's great trainers, Abel Sanchez. Uh, foremost among the fighters he trains is middleweight champion Gennady Triple G Golovkin. Um, and uh, Abel, welcome to the show. Well, nice to be with you guys. Thanks for joining us. Appreciate it. Uh, uh, there's less than three weeks to go before uh, Gennady's uh, title fight, middleweight title fight against Dominic Wade uh, at the LA Forum. How's training camp been going so far? You know, it's been great. I uh, have a professional that uh, that comes to camp in weight, so so it's easy to do all the things that we have to do in camp. So he, he's uh, he's inspiring now for a week and a half. We've got two more weeks to go, and hopefully the fight turns out like we planned Dominic Wade, uh, how much do you know about Wade? You know, we don't know very much about him because there's not uh, much video on him other than uh, the Solomon fight and a couple other clips. Uh, so we're we're basing it on the fact that uh, we think he's one of the best middleweights in the world, and if he ends up being not one of those, then it'll be an easier fight. But if he ends up being, then we'll be ready. Is Gennady, uh, you know, as far as his sparring partners are concerned, how how uh, how has that been going? You know, we all, I always bring in uh, guys that I've uh, I've used in the past. Uh, I have uh, Darnell Boone in camp. I have uh, Julius Jackson, Paul Mendez, and a young man from Tahiti named Cedric Belias. So we have four guys in camp uh, like we always do, and uh, they've given us great work. I've been speaking to a few people, Abel, that actually think that Dominic Wade is a lot better than people are giving credit for, and that they think that he, he's a pretty nice puncher when he's in shape. Um, have you have you heard anything like that? And what are your thoughts? Well, uh, about four years ago, I uh, I ran into a young man named uh, Andrew Consul, who happens to be in his gym. They train out of his gym, and we were down at the Rock in Carson. And we we're talking about the guys that we had, and I was telling him about the middleweight, and he had heard of Gennady, and then he tells me about this young man named Dominic Wade, which I had been watching in the amateurs uh, as he was coming up, and uh, he was telling me that he, you know he's going to be real good. He tells me I think he had like nine fights. So he says, I made a comment, he says, maybe one of these days we'll be in front of each other and we'll be uh, uh, opposing each other. But uh, I had studied him and I had seen him in some of the fights. Nothing uh, nothing spectacular yet, but he's fighting for the middleweight title, so he could end up being something special. Gennady's fought other guys that people didn't really regard highly entering the fight and didn't give any chance to, such as, you know, Gabe Rosado, Curtis Stevens, um, you know, Daniel Gilda, I guess they maybe gave like a tiny chance to. How would you compare Wade to those guys from your studies? Well, they didn't give those guys a chance because they were facing Gennady. Against other people, they gave him chances. Um, I, I would consider Dominic, because we don't know that much about him, I would consider him, uh, uh, let's just say, uh, as good as those guys, if not better. Until we get in the ring, we're not going to know how he reacts. Uh, Gabe Rosado, we had seen some of his fights, and we had... Uh, uh, he had been on TV before, so we kind of knew a little bit about him. Daniel Gill obviously was a world champion and, and had fought uh, Sturm uh, uh, and beat him a couple times. So uh, Murray uh, had fought Sturm and, 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 uh, and uh, Garcia. So we knew about those guys. This guy is kind of a, uh, uh, I'm not going to say I'm worried about him, but I'm, I'm, I'm anxious to see what he's going to come to the table with. You know, I, I, I watched his fight against Sam Solomon. And honest, honestly, it was one of the worst fights I've ever watched. One of the most boring fights I've ever watched. It was just, it was just, uh, 
there was no no action. It was just a, a boxing match, um, and you know, <laughs> honestly, I had trouble getting through the entire fight. Did you watch that fight, Abel? I watched clips of it. I didn't watch the whole thing, but as I was saying before, uh, um, uh, he's coming up to fight for the middleweight title. So Sam Solomon maybe didn't bring it out on him. Uh, he could be a better fighter that with the opposition, you know, Gennady's going to bring it. So with the opposition in front of him, if he is a good puncher, maybe they'll get some exchanges and who knows, one might get lucky. Is it almost to the point now where you want Gennady to get, you know, buzz and clips to get some adversity in? Because, you know, the fight, I mean, all the fights he hasn't really been tested too hard because of how great he is. Well, you know, I've been saying it all along. Uh, he's a he's a special fighter, and and sometimes those special fighters, uh, there's going to be maybe one or two guys that give him that kind of challenge, like we're looking for. Uh, they may they may not be, uh, but until somebody uh, uh, of the other middleweights uh, maybe steps up and he unifies those, the middleweight title, uh, maybe the guys and the uh, journalists will consider him uh, that he is that that special that nobody's going to give him any troubles. Um, is, is there? I know you're a, a student of the game. Is there a fight in recent memory or in you know the past 25 years or so that you can compare maybe Golovkin way to where a guy was kind of overlooked fighting fighting someone that was just steamrolling everybody and gave him a good fight? Well, you can go back even to heavyweights. Larry Holmes was dominating his his division until he got old, until he got ancient. Um, uh, he's really the one that comes to mind because everybody badmouthed him because he was fighting nobodies. But then again, there was the bum of the month back in the 30s when uh, Joe Lewis was doing it. it. You know, there comes a guy always that just um, so so destructive and, and 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 makes it look so easy that we don't give him the credit. Uh, I see things in the gym with him and the sparring partners. You can talk to some of the sparring partners that spar with him. Uh, they'll tell you the same thing. There's nobody out there that can touch this guy at 160 pounds. Who knows what happens uh, when he moves up or moves down? But at 160 pounds, there's nobody out there that's going to give him any kind of, kind of competition. Do you see any signs of him slowing down at all? I mean, you know, he hasn't he hasn't really he hasn't really had any major tough fights where he's been been really, as Mike said, buzzed or or you know really hit hard. Um, t- can you talk about he, that? He um, he turned pro at twenty six, so at twenty six he really hasn't got the years in yet. Mm-hmm. That that uh, the wear and tear, let's just say, and he hasn't really had tough fights. He had tough fights up until he got to me. Uh, once he got to me, then he started making fights so easy and uh, knocking guys out that he really hasn't had that uh, wear and tear on his body. So, uh, yes, 34 is a concern because not only the wear and tear, but Father Time doesn't get nobody and things slow down. Uh, hopefully, we can make him. Um, uh, or, or fight him as often as Tom and I want to and, and the managers want to so that 34 won't be an issue. He'll stay busy. I think if he stays busy, he's still sharp. Some of the guys that get older, they only fight once a year, so it's difficult for them to recapture that that magic. Uh, but uh, if they stay busy, I think that they can. And, and you know, Gennady has a great work ethic, doesn't he? You know, I'm fortunate that I have a guy like that in, in the gym because everybody around him works as hard as he does, and, and he hasn't slowed down one bit since I got him. But the intention was, after the Rosado fight, right around the Rosado fight, when we got together with the management and with Tom, was we wanted to fight him uh, four times a year. We wanted to keep him busy. We wanted to make sure that we capitalized on the, on the few years we had with him. 
you know, uh, the fight that, that everybody, I know you don't like to look ahead, and I'm sure Gennady doesn't look ahead, but the fight everybody talks about that they really want to see is him him against Canelo. Uh, but, but there are some issues. Uh, Canelo fights at 155 pounds. He doesn't fight at 160. H- how are you going to overcome that? We're not going to overcome that. We are, he is the middleweight champion Canelo. He fights for the WBC middleweight title. He supposedly holds that right now. So if he doesn't want to fight at 160, he can go somewhere else. Our concern is to, right now is to be unified champion of all four, four major belts. And once he does that, then they can address that any way they can. And if there's a, an agreement down the road, uh, fighting him once Gennady is the unified champion. That's his goal. Mm-hmm. Okay, once he gets that, then I'm sure that other things can be worked out, if they're going to be worked out. But let me say this. The Canelo would be a middleweight, a full 160-pound middleweight, if Golovkin wasn't there. I think everybody knows that. He's not a small guy. He's bigger than, than Gennady after the after the, the next day weigh-in. He's, uh, he's uh, much, much wider than Gennady. Uh, Gennady weighed 164 pounds for the 30-day weigh-in. Uh, I think if you go back, Canelo weighed 167 or 68 for when he fought Cotto. So I think it was more than that, actually. Guy. Or was it more than that? I okay. think it was a so little more than that. he's a big guy. Yeah. Well, uh, he's a big guy. Yeah, he, he just is. Because Golovkin is a middleweight, uh, he's not going to be a middleweight. He's going to stay down there and kill himself to try to make 155 uh, because Golovkin is there. Uh, and But you got to understand this business, too. Oscar has got, that's his only... Uh, gem right now, so I'm sure Oscar doesn't want to take a chance uh, on a on a 70, 30, 80, 20 fight. Yeah, I was actually going to ask you that exact thing. I know this whole time I've been thinking to myself, Canelo's a pretty big guy. Like, what's the point of fighting at 155 when it looks like he's draining himself? Do you think he's simply fighting there to avoid Gennady? Or? Oh, absolutely. I think that if Gennady wasn't there, if Gennady said I'm moving up to 168, all of a sudden he'd be a 60-pounder. Um, but, like I said, it's business, and, and we have to uh, look at it as business, and they have to look at it as business, and Oscars just, uh, should be looking at it that way, and, and I'm sure you don't want a chance. Uh, like I said, if it was a 50-50 fight, I think that they would all be willing to do it, but you guys just talking right now are talking about uh, the fight that everybody's looking for, uh, and, but all the uh, all the experts uh, see it as a you know, 70-30, 80-20 fight, so Oscars not going to take a chance, in my opinion. Yeah, well, you know, I think there's going to be a lot of disappointed people if that fight doesn't come off because uh, there, there's there's about three or four really good fights that can be made in boxing, and that's one of them. So I hope. You know, I agree with you. Yeah, yeah. I mean, hopefully that hopefully that you can overcome that those obstacles in the. Uh, in getting the fight made and and get it made. Uh, do Do you think? That that can happen, that fight can happen this year at all, or do you see it? Do you see it as 2017? I, I, I see it if it's going to happen. I see it in May or September of 17. But I think if you know, uh, even today, I think that it's the kind of fight that we're going to see twice and three times. I think that Canelo's durable enough, and I think that he has proven that he's a heck of a fighter. That it could be the kind of either controversial or a close decision or they knock each other down and we get to see it two and three times. I think it's that kind of fight. They both have great power in their punches, so uh, it'll be it'll be interesting to see what happens if, if they do meet. Yes. Yeah. And, um, you know, another fight, one, another one of the great fights that could be made in boxing is Andre Ward versus Sergey Kovalev. And, um, you know, last week, 
well, it was two weeks ago now, I guess, uh, Ward beat your fighter, Sullivan Barrera, and afterward you said that the version of Ward that you saw that night wouldn't have a chance against Kovalev. Can you explain? I think that uh, the inactivity for, for Andre, first of all, let me say this, he's a great fighter. One thing that I have never done, I have never criticized his ability and his technique and his skills. Mm-hmm. He's a heck of a fighter. Uh, whether you like him or dislike him, you can't take away from that that he is uh, pound for pound one of the top four in the world. Um, he beat my fighter uh, convincingly, I want to say. Uh, he he well, didn't dominate, uh, but he won the rounds. Uh, but that Andre Ward uh, needs, in my opinion, a couple more fights just like the one he had where he's, where he's asked some questions in the ring. First of all, he didn't grapple. Why? Because I think that 75 pounds was a little too heavy for him. He didn't want to uh, wear out. But I think that uh, that Andre Ward could have either one or two more fights just like that one. And I think it's a competitive fight with Kovalev. If he doesn't, I don't think that he's sharp enough and reflexes are not good enough. And, and he hasn't uh, accepted that 175-pound weight. His body hasn't accepted that weight yet. Once he strengthens at that weight, I think he's going to be very competitive. But until then, I don't think he's competitive. Could you see uh, Gennady fighting Ward uh, at at some point? I mean, if if they could work out a, a weight to fight at, uh, do you see it happening, or is is Ward too big for Gennady? No, it, it was never about the weight. Understand that before, right before we signed the Lemieux fight, or should I say, right after we signed the Lemieux fight, all of a sudden a tweet comes out or an email comes out that he offered us a fight. It was never discussed. Weight was never discussed. It was Dan that put out a, a tweet or an email about 164 pounds or 50% or something like that. It was never Tom that did that. So, uh, but understand this. Ward has never made, hasn't made 168 since when? He hasn't made 168 since the Super 6. Can he make 168? That's the first question. The second one is that really there has never been really any, any kind of negotiations. Uh, and the talk has always been after we already got a fight signed up it wasn't it wasn't us that took the time off it was Andre Ward that took the time off with the issues that he had with Dan and he's been beaten three times in court uh he was uh standing uh or fighting about the the principle of the thing the principle was that he got beat three times in court the principle was that the contract was valid he should have kept fighting should have stayed busy and then there would have been an opportunity but uh the Andre Ward fight is is a fight that what's going to happen at at 75 he he's he can't make 68. He hasn't made 68. So if there was negotiations, there was actual talk between Tom and them about an actual fight, then we could say that uh, it's a possibility. But uh, his inactivity, his issues with the courts, his uh, issues with his injuries uh, have all been reasons why it wasn't talked about. We weren't at 34 years old now. We weren't going to keep Gennady sitting on a bench waiting for Andrew Ward to sort out those issues. That would have been ignorant. Yeah, yeah. When I actually, actually, when I spoke to Ward in Oakland, I asked him about this, and he said that the ship has sailed, and that he's staying at seventy-five, and that he's not going to go to sixty-eight anyway. So, right, right. So, and, and wait a minute. It doesn't mean that Golovkin may not end up at sixty-five, at seventy-five. I don't know that, but right now the issue or the goal is to to get all four belts at, at one hundred sixty. Then what happens after that? How things can be negotiated? How things can be worked out? Uh, it, it's going to be up to Tom, the management, and whomever else uh, is involved. But um, uh, Gennady wants to go down in history as a unified champion, as Bernard did. And I think if we do that, we're going to get real close to Bernard's record of 20 defenses. So all those things are in play right now, 
and there's three or four fights out there for him that he can fight at middleweight. And and once he gets the belt, then you know who knows what happens after that. I'm not going to say it's not going to happen because it can, even at 75. How, how do you how do you feel about uh, the the seeming uh, proliferation of uh, uh, catchweight bouts in boxing these days? It seems to be more than I can ever remember. Uh, does that does that bother you? It, it bothers me, but I think that people are 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 talking about them like they never existed. They always existed. They existed because if you weren't fighting for a title, you never, if you were, if I had a 160 pound, uh, fighter and we're just fighting a 10 round fight, we didn't fight at 60, we fought at 61, 62, 63 because we didn't have to kill ourselves to get down to 60 because it wasn't for a belt. Right. If it's for a belt, if it's for a belt, then it should be for what the standard is. If it's a, it's a middleweight belt, then it should be at a, at a maximum of 160. If it's a junior middleweight belt, then it should be at a maximum of 154. But, some divas have come along that have made uh, the the catchweight um, uh, something that's for their favor or trying to get it for their favor. It shouldn't be that. It shouldn't be. It's just like uh, you can bring in uh, the, the the drugs that are being used in, in the sport right now. Uh, they could be legal for one guy, legal for another guy because he's got asthma or because he's got you know what it, what happened with Peterson uh, in his fight in Vegas where he had some kind of some kind of ailment that required him to do what he was doing. Is that Peterson that I'm talking about? Is that, am I correct? Yeah, he had a therapeutic yeah. use exemption, yeah. Yeah, right. So uh, I think that it should be at the weight that the, that the fight is contested. If it fits for a belt, it should be contested at the weight that has been established. We have enough weight divisions as it is right now. I wish we could go back to the eight that used to be. But we have 17 right now, and, 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 and it's too many. I agree. Too many... Too many uh... Weight classes and too many champions in each weight class. You know, too many, right. too many organizations. I, I know that uh, Mauricio Suleiman uh, had talked about possibly having like a, a tournament of champions where where each each weight class you know would fight each other. Do you see something like that working in boxing? Uh, with the organizations, yes. With the promoters and the managers that have a special interest in it, no. Because there's nobody, uh, people that are gonna, or let's just say we start a tournament in the middleweight division, and Golovkin is one of the, one of the fighters. Obviously, our group will fight anybody at 160. That's not the case with the rest of them. Mm-hmm. So, with the organizations, they can propose it, but there's so many interests, management and promoter-wise, that it's never gonna happen, because they're not gonna allow that. I'm surprised, I'm really surprised that, uh, that, uh, Dan Goosen and that group, uh, in Showtime, we're able to put together that Super Six because there were so many interests involved, that uh, so many egos involved, and so much money involved that they made it happen. I'm, I'm really surprised, but I think that that kind of tournament and that kind of situation is going to be hard to come by again. Um, yeah, and speaking of the organizations, um, you know, Gilberto Mendoza has been saying that he was going to have all the WBA champs fight the regular so to speak, champions, but they haven't ordered Golovkin versus Danny Jacobs yet. Do you think that would be a good fight if it happens? I think it's a great fight. Uh, I was so surprised and so, and actually happy for Danny uh, because he's been, he's been busy. Peter hasn't been as busy and, and it kind of turned some things down. So kind of soured uh, some folks on, on, on his uh, dedication to the sport, let's just say, 
but I, I was very happy for Danny to see him knock out uh, Peter, and I think it'd be a great fight. I think it's a pay-per-view fight. May not be may not be a big pay-per-view fight, but it's a pay-per-view fight that that uh, were fireworks. I think that he has the power and the speed to, to give Gennady some problems. Yeah, I think so too. Um, is there any? Do you think this is something you guys will visit after this fight if Canelo can't get done? Uh, well, fortunately and lucky for all of us as fight fans, uh, Dominic Wade is a is a Heyman fighter. So obviously Tom was able to deal with Al and his people to make this fight happen. Hopefully that is is a is a indication that he's willing to deal with the rest of them. Uh, if if it is, then it's a fight that's definitely in the future. I, I would love to see that fight. And and what a huge fight that would be in New York too at the Garden, wouldn't it? Oh, you know, just the history of Danny with his problems that he had and and him getting knocked out by Pirog. And then after that, we find out all the problems that he had and the the good guy image that he's got. Uh, New York would be a perfect place for it. Um, the garden would be big enough. How about uh, how about Billy Joe Saunders? I believe that Tom uh, reached out to Eddie uh, about that fight. Uh, that's something that can't happen if Canelo decides that he's going to vacate after the seventh. That that's a fight that can have Billy's just Billy Joe's been talking about um, wanting to fight the Lufkin, so it could be a fight that can be made. Would Gennady go over to England to fight, or uh, being being the, the the lineal champ, would he come over here? I guess he's not the lineal champ, is he? No, no, he's absolutely, would go to England. Absolutely, the, the the whole thing at the beginning. Let me say this: that when we we decided that we were going to fight four times a year, what what was said was that we wanted to make Gennady a world champion. That means that he would fight anywhere in the world if it made sense. Uh, if uh, Billy Joe Saunders makes sense in, in better sense in England than it does here in the U.S., then we'll go to England. Uh, we, we are not, uh, we're not going to put roadblocks as far as where we're going to fight. As long as there's a square ring, there's a referee, and there's an opponent on the other side, Gennady will go everywhere. Yeah, and uh, what about Chris Eubank? He's another guy that's starting to emerge a little bit as a viable challenger. I think that Chris needs uh, one more significant fight. Uh, I understand Nick uh, was taken out of the coma today, so I'm happy to hear that. Yes. Uh, great for him and his family. Uh, but I think Chris needs one more fight uh, at a higher level, uh, and not necessarily against Billy Joe because Billy Joe's not going to fight him, but somebody uh, of a bigger name to, to qualify, I think, for that, for, for, for that group, for that elite group. All right, Abel. Well, thank you very much. Appreciate you joining us today, and uh, best of luck on the uh, on the twenty third with Gennady against uh, Dominic Wade. Anything else? Uh, thank any, you very any, much. Any closing uh, comments you want to yes, make? Yes. Uh, first of all, thank you very much for having me, and we also have uh, Murad Gassiev fighting again uh, since that uh, crazy thing that happened to him in Vegas. He's fighting on the seventeenth of May against uh, Jordan Schimmel in Minnesota. So we have some good kids coming up. Uh, uh, hopefully uh, we can uh, talk again and, uh, and I'll update you on the rest of them. All right. Very good. Thank you again, Abel, for joining us and uh, best of luck uh, on, the, on the 23rd. Thank you very much, guys. Nice being with you.